Well, you're listening to the Purdue Agricultural Economics Podcast. I'm your host, Professor Ken Foster, and I have my co-host with me, Senior and Agricultural Economics, Dane Erickson. Dane, how are you today? I'm great, Dr. Foster. How are you? I'm doing well. So, hey, the last time we talked, last spring, um, you had just gotten back from a awarded study abroad in Mexico, and now you've got a summer behind you. What have you been doing? Well, I, I had an internship in pork production in the, the little town of Gillespie, Illinois. And now I'm back on campus getting moved back into Marwood Cooperative. What's, a, what's an internship in pork production mean? I was on their breeding team, and I was lucky enough to work with a, a very diverse group of individuals, uh, ranging from people from Japan to Brazil. And um, I learned a lot about uh, pig production, uh, the economics of pig production, and uh, also uh, simply breeding pigs. That's fantastic. That's a good experience, you know. I always told my kids whenever we dealt with one of those kind of home improvement chores, that's the worst job you'll ever have to do for a living in your life. So there you are, Dane. You've reached the point of sow breeder. <laughs> uh, that's the worst you can expect, right? Everything is uphill from there. So, yep. so exactly. hey, we've got uh, we've got a guest today for the podcast that I think a lot of our listeners in agricultural economics will recognize. They'll uh, some of them will remember him as a professor in the department. Others will remember him as the dean of the College of Agriculture. And now, of course. Uh, Professor Jay Ackridge is provost here at Purdue. Jay, how are you doing? Doing great, Ken, and uh, glad to be with you today. Yeah, we thought uh, this would be a great way to kind of kick off the the fall semester, uh, maybe pick your brain a little bit about uh, that transition from ag econ professor to uh, one of the campus leaders, and then maybe get into what you're anticipating for this fall semester. Dane, you got a question to kick this off? Sure. Before we get any into any of the meat and potatoes, I want to just ask, how has uh, your life changed since March, and simply, how have you been? That's a great question. I think, uh, like uh, everybody that's uh, everyone listening to the to the podcast, uh, I think COVID, you know, turned all of our worlds upside down, and uh, it certainly did here in in this role. I mean. In, you know, in very short order, we had to really reinvent the way that we do what we do, which is teach and, and do research. And so, you know, we did that um, on a temporary basis to get through the, the spring and then, uh, you know, spent all of our time since then thinking about what that reinvention means to be able to come back to a, a residential experience uh, this fall. So, um, yeah, there's a there's been nothing routine about uh, you know uh, our world since uh, since March, uh, but uh, you know we've got some extraordinary people at Purdue that have taken this on, and uh, you know it's it's been professionally uh, you know just an incredible experience to work with them to really think about uh, all the things we need to do to to make sure that uh, we can bring folks back safely here in uh, in just a couple of weeks. So, so, Jay, uh, speaking of bringing people back to campus in a couple of weeks, um, how many students are we expecting here at Purdue uh, in face-to-face -face residence this fall? Yeah, so, um, you know, early on it was quite clear that a number of our international students just weren't going to be able to, to return to the campus. So uh, we started back uh, really in April to, to frame a 100% online option. So really designed for those individuals that uh, especially our international students that just weren't going to be able to be back even though they wanted to be. 
And uh, so that was offered not only to international students, all students. And so, because we've certainly got domestic students as well, that either for health reasons or maybe just general concerns wouldn't want to be on, on campus. So we've got roughly 4,000 of our undergraduates that have chosen to uh, to take that online, 100% online option. And we won't see them on the campus, but uh, looks like we'll have uh, most recent numbers, about 30,000 undergraduates here, um, you know, in a couple of weeks. and. Uh, we, we normally have about 10,000 total grad students. Uh, not all of those are on our campus, probably 7,500 or so actually are in residence. And then we got about 2,500 or so that would be distance uh, the students in the graduate professional world. But that's, uh, that's about where we are. So it's roughly 40,000 uh, total undergrads, graduates and professional students. How does that compare with uh, a normal fall semester? Yeah, so our overall numbers, again, if they hold in this, you know, again, as we as we talked earlier, there's been nothing normal about this year, and we don't expect anything to stay normal about this year. Um, if they hold, this would be our largest ever undergraduate population in total. Now, it would not be our largest ever on the campus, again, given the 4,000 students that are going to be taking uh, courses from us online. Provost Ackridge, could you talk a little bit about how Purdue is faring in relationship to other schools with this record enrollment? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's another important question, Dane. At, at this point, I mean, we really don't have good numbers. I mean, it's it's interesting. We were talking the other day. I mean, you can sort of find a survey to, to, to validate whatever perspective you want on this. And you'll see some that have been very, very negative about, you know, students coming back at the campuses and then other surveys show that's what they want to do and they're going to be back on campus. So there's a lot of uh, uncertainty, uh, you know, on this particular point. Um, in general, you know, trends recently have suggested our students are are, uh, are more comfortable and or more interested maybe in the in large publics like us, you know, and we, we could talk about why, but but that's been, uh, there's been, there's typically been some growth in the last few years among places like Purdue and our Big Ten peers. Um, and we've seen declines in, 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 in uh, regional publics and, and some of the, the privates that maybe aren't the elite privates. So, so there's been a, a general trend in those directions anyway, and, uh, and it won't surprise me that we see that accentuated again uh, this year. But, but again, it's such a radically unusual year for our students and, and, and you know, do they, come, do they go to college or not was the question. Do they go to college where they're going to be in classes or would they rather take a line? Should they take a gap year? It's just, it's just a very uncertain time for them. And, and so frankly, I think we're resigned to the fact that we, we really won't know until classes start and, and we see who's actually joined us. But overall, again, um, the numbers have been extraordinarily strong here. We've had terrific, terrific interest in this in this university on the on behalf of, of entering students, and and certainly we, uh, we 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 like where we are right now with respect to to what our uh, our entering class uh, looks like. So, what do you see, Jay, as the as the big big challenge is going to make or break us? No, it's it's a really a, an important and uh, uh, question. I, I think. You know, um, uh, you're approaching something like this. You know, you you, you try to size up uh, all the possible risks that are that are part of uh, of, of uh, something like a residential learning experience, and then then of course you develop um, every possible measure that you can think of to mitigate those risks. That that, that in some way you know helps you to, to navigate this safely. And we've worked we've worked very hard on doing that, and and so. 
um, those of you listening that are familiar with the Protect Purdue plan, you know, are aware of just many layers of, of, of action that have been taken from uh, personal commitments to following uh, public health guidance to protect yourself uh, in order to protect others and protect the university, to physical infrastructure changes, to policy changes, to ideas like de-densifying the campus and, and getting staff off of our campus that, that can work from home and don't need to be here. Um, and, and, and I could go through, you know, layer after layer of, of, uh, of action. So, you know, we've taken these steps that, um, you know, are intended to, to create a safe environment, ultimately human behavior, you know, and, uh, and we know a little bit about that from economics, you know, comes into play. And uh, it is ultimately dependent on individuals wearing masks, washing their hands, staying socially distant, doing those things that we know. I mean, we know will help make this place um, be safe, you know, if we follow them. So, so Ken, I think, you know, it's that behavioral piece that's really important. Um, recently, you know, the city of West Lafayette has implemented a mask order, which helps us, we believe, because it just makes the community more cognizant of these things. Um, and, uh, you know, there may be some other public health measures taken more broadly in the county and uh, in the community as well that'll help, uh, again, reinforce these behavioral changes that need to happen, uh, not only on our campus, but, uh, but, but off. One thing that stood out to me about your, your job title is diversity. Um, your full job title is Provost and Executive Vice President for Academic Affairs and Diversity. So what is Purdue doing to continue to prioritize equality and diversity in these times? Yeah, it's, and as all of your listeners know, it's another, uh, you know, major crisis, major um, national issue for uh, for a country, and, and certainly becomes you know the issue of racial equality, um, racial injustices, um, you know the 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 issues that uh, surround the the death of George Floyd and all the um, you know all the protest and violence that that's uh, kicked off, you know becomes something that that ultimately is uh, is important to our students, it's important to our faculty and staff. So so. Um, how we deal and, uh, and, and help our, um, our Purdue community um, deal with, uh, have conversations about, understand um, those issues this fall is going to be very important. And so um, a couple of things, I guess, that I would, I would put out there. Um, one, one, the university um, has aggressive and important programs that, that uh, work to help us build a more diverse and inclusive climate you know, um, and, and so that's not new. And, and I wanna make sure that points out there. The College of Agriculture has got a very strong office of multicultural programs uh, that, that, that serves our students. Um, and they've been very active uh, since the events of the summer. Um, I know creating opportunities for dialogue and conversation that are, that are difficult. So, so um, certainly, and you can find uh, great examples across this university of, uh, of those kinds of efforts. At the same time, I think we're called to look and explore what we're, what more can we do, what more should we do um, in this area to ensure that our university is uh, is welcoming, it's it's inclusive, um, it's supportive, and uh, and so our trustees have convened a, a task force that uh, will launch here very shortly. Uh, they officially commissioned it at their meeting on Friday. Um, that is charged with looking across the Purdue system and basically. Um, taking a look at everything, policy practices, uh, you know, all the ways that, that we do what we do and, uh, and looking for ways to do them better that are more inclusive, more welcoming, again, um, especially focused on our black 
uh, Boilermakers, and and uh, again, our the, the Purdue community of color. It's it'll have a particular focus on uh, on, on that group of, of our Purdue community. So uh, that'll be a really important effort. Again, uh, uh, exploring what we've been doing, uh, determining what's been helpful and what not, and what we should be doing. Uh, to again uh, be more diverse and inclusive, uh, welcoming is uh, is going to be a major lift this fall as well. Jay, maybe just uh, in the last few minutes that we've got here, um, reminisce with us a little bit about the days in Ag Econ. What do you what do you miss about about the Department of Agricultural Economics? Yeah, I, I tell you, well, uh, I spent what the first uh, twenty five years of my Purdue career there as a master student, a PhD student, and on the faculty. So, uh, you know, it just uh, it's an amazing department, and 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 I think you know when you're when you're in a unit like that, you probably don't know exactly what you have until you you know you have the opportunity to to uh, to explore and see other other places and, and other units. And I'm not disparaging anything on this campus because we have an incredible university, but I also believe that AggieCon is a very special place. Uh, yeah, I, I love the students, I love to teach. And so uh, the uh, my the course I taught for many, many years, AggieCon 430 Business Strategy was something that was just, uh, you know, something I look forward to every spring. And it's, it's certainly something I miss, but, uh, you know, I, I think AggieCon, uh, when I was there, and I'm sure, you know, I don't think these things uh, have changed, was a was a department that respected the land-grant mission in full. And, and, and that's what I so appreciated about it. I mean, great research, great teaching, great extension. It didn't really matter. I mean, if, if uh, you were doing work that, uh, again, was, uh, you know, of quality and impactful, you know, it was something people respected and celebrated. And I, I think that led to just a, a very collegial place. Um, the uh, the relationships with the grad students and the undergrads, I think, was really extraordinary. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a place that, that uh, you know, where I think it was a place people worked together and worked for the common good. And, and it just built an esprit de corps that uh, that I think was, was incredibly healthy, uh, incredible healthy culture. And, uh, you know, I... I I definitely miss basketball with the grad students. So. <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't think I could. I don't think I can get up and down the floor like that anymore. So whether I, I miss it or not is not the issue. <laughs> I know I can't get up and down the floor like that. Maybe that's part of the reason I miss it. But uh, but I think you know just the intramural sports that we had with the students was just another one of those elements of just being a collegial place, and it's just a place focused on making a difference in whatever area we worked, international as well. And uh, and so uh, you know, for me professionally and personally, it was just uh, you know it was a it was a terrific, terrific place to uh, to be. And uh, I definitely you know miss uh, miss those days. And uh, and and uh, again, the good news is I still get to interact with uh, my AggieCon colleagues and. Uh, they haven't kicked me completely out of the department yet. And Dane is sitting there going, these two old guys played basketball? <laughs> you can't believe it. It's hard to believe it. <laughs> Dane, any, any last comments or thoughts before we let Provost Ackridge off the hook? Yeah, I, Provost Ackridge, I just wanted to get uh, your words of wisdom for the students coming back, and especially for the freshmen who are starting college on uh, terms that they likely did not think of uh, one year ago. What are your words of wisdom for these students? Yeah, um, it's, it's a great question. I, I think maybe a couple of points. One, I, I hope they can embrace this moment. I mean, we've never seen a year like this in Purdue's, you know, 150 year history. And so 
I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a moment that's going to define us all, and and I, I hope our students will embrace that and understand that that um, we're going to have to do things differently this fall, and and not all of them are going to be many of them are not going to be the way we prefer to do them, whether it's classes, whether it's uh, our uh, our leadership activities and co-curricular things, but but if if we look at this for the over the longer longer haul. And, uh, and understand that uh, if we navigate this successfully, we're gonna have the chance to work together the whole semester and then be back in the spring. And uh, I think if we embrace that, uh, we, we show some patience with respect to things that may, not, may or may not work out exactly the way we want them to, but, uh, but hey, we're boilermakers. You know, when we have problems, we, 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 we figure out how to deal with them and we work through them. And, uh, you know, if we bring that mindset to this, uh, most people don't think we can do it. I mean, you know, Google it and you can find all kinds of folks that don't think our students will step up. They don't think uh, universities can, can navigate this climate. Uh, we believe we can. And, uh, and I believe, again, if our students will embrace this time and, uh, and, uh, and, and play their role, along with all of us playing our role, uh, we can make this happen and, and we can have, uh, you know, the semester, the residential semester that we want. Fantastic. Jay, thanks again so much for uh, spending some time with us. Hey, everybody, uh, you've been listening to the Purdue Ag Econ podcast. Um, we are recording virtually, so please forgive us for the quality audio. Uh, you can visit the department at www.agecon.purdue.edu or like us on uh, Facebook. Everybody have a great day and stay safe. Thank you.